Hey everybody, Mike Birbiglia here. I hope you're enjoying the holidays. Today, we're excited to bring you a super fun episode of the Sarah Silverman podcast. I love Sarah's show. Uh, she's been on Working It Out before. I think her podcast is fantastic. If you're not familiar with the show, she talks about sort of a whole range of things. Listener voicemails dictate the trajectory of the show. She takes questions and comments, and then she just sort of goes and goes and goes. I am wildly impressed by this show. It is a really great listen. Uh, we're going to play a recent episode where Sarah's wide-ranging conversations cover threesomes, onstage moments that stand out in her memory, and a child's reaction to her comedic work. You can check out new episodes of the Sarah Silverman Podcast from Lemonada Media every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can click on the link in the episode notes, and it'll take you right there. Enjoy. Hey everyone, it's your old pal Sarah. I'm so happy to be talking to you. I, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but I feel very passionate about it, and I'm going to bring it up. Cologne, stop it, stop it. No one wants to smell that. I would so much rather smell your bo than fucking Dracar up my brain. This is. Absolutely fucking disgusting. Just be clean. And you know what? Also, just be dirty. I think that's so hot. I love, I I like Rory pre-shower. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I love that smell of his musty, worked hard all day armpits. Like, that may be just me. It possibly is. But I... Men with strong perfume, it ruins my day. First of all, I'm just clearly allergic to it or something. I get into an Uber. That's why I never do like fancy Ubers because they smell like perfume. I'd rather just get in your uh, your 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 Prius and just smell a human body. That is, and maybe I'm the only one, but I couldn't possibly be the only one. I don't know any women, no women I know enjoy a, a strong cologne. It's fucking disgusting. Stop it. If you wear anything, have it be something woodsy, something cedarish. And I am telling you, you put a fucking dot on your pinky. Spread it in two, two pinkies, and then just touch once. It should be like the whisper of an odor. It should be like the the promise of an aroma. Like you almost smell it. That's as much as it should be, period. Okay, let's take some voicemails. You left me a message. Now I'm playing it for the world. Let's hear some voicemail. Hi, Sarah. This is Betty calling from Denver, Colorado. I love your show. I love your perspective on everything. I'm calling because my dad is getting up there. He's 80 years old and he's not sick um, that I know of. He's stubborn and secretive. And if he was, I don't know if he would tell us right away or ever. Um, 
he is in good health. He exercises every day and, you know, does his own thing, but he's a stubborn old man and in a lot of ways reminds me of your father. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) He sounds like him. And again, I'm sorry for your loss. I um, really admired how you shared everything about the process of losing your father. And I always loved hearing the stories about him. He seemed like a great man, but I'm, I'm sick with worry about when will I get the call? When will I find out that my dad's declining um, or worse? When will I just get that call that he's gone? And I know it's just a matter of time. I don't know how to cope with that. I don't know how to prepare myself for that. And lastly, um, this part grosses me out the most is that uh, he has been collecting pills and wants to end his life on his own terms, depending on how sick he gets. He doesn't want to be stuck in a hospital. So that scares me too. And he will share no details about that. What advice do you have for me, Sarah? You know, he will share no details about it, but somehow you know about it, which means he told somebody and maybe wants wants some of that worry and concern. Um, but I get it. And by the way, I get it. Well, I get what he's doing. Uh, you got to make a deal with him that you you can respect that, but he has to let you know and you have to be given the time to say goodbye because then you don't have to be worried that he's doing it without you knowing. And a lot of time could pass and a lot of things could change in that time. So I think that's the first deal you have to make with him. And you have to make him understand um, that without that deal, your life is spent worried about him. And that's not fair. And he can't possibly want that. You know, that's the thing about these parents that do this shit is they do it as if they're being like martyrs or as if they don't want to trouble you when it causes so much more trouble in your heart because now you're terrified they're going to do something without you knowing. So make that deal with him. Um, A lot of this is I don't know what the proximity you have to him. I don't know if he lives close. It sounds like you live far Um, because you want to just, boy, I'm so grateful for the quality time I had with my dad. I'm so grateful. And Janice, my stepmom. I mean, and uh, and it made losing them a lot easier. Still hard, but easier. Um, so if you're not nearby, if you can't visit, if you can't be there a lot, if he can't be there a lot, FaceTime. It's it, it, You know, we have a family Zoom every Sunday. I can't imagine life without it. I don't always make it. Sometimes I'm sleeping because it's 9 a.m. my time, 7 p.m. Israel time, noon East Coast time, you know. So uh, on the West Coast, it sucks for me. I'm a comic. I don't want to get up at 9. But somehow my body wakes me up and I always get up for it. But that shit is – we're so lucky. We have the technology to Zoom with our family, to FaceTime with our family. I mean it's – it's to me. It's, it was a game changer, and it and continues to be. Where I have family so far away, and I feel close because it's different when you see them, and you can just kind of hang out and be doing your own thing with that there. And it's not like you're on the phone with dedicated time where you have to catch up and everything has to happen. You can just like 
I have my family Zoom on my laptop. I bring it to the kitchen. I'm making coffee. I'm on mute while the blender's on. Then I turn it on to add something. I get to catch up with my nieces, my nephews, all that stuff. That shit's important, and it's a great—it's just great. And you know what? I have to imagine he's going to love it. I don't—you know, to be able to see you, any siblings, any kids— it really gives all of us life. You know, the Silverman family, we're up each other's asses so hard. I mean, we've got like Silverman United WhatsApp, Sisters WhatsApp, you know, then all the Sisters Minus One and all the various versions. <laughs> but um, this is my advice, and I hope you take it, and I hope it helps. Good luck. Hey, Sarah, this is CJ from New York City, and I had a question about it's actually a really good question for probably you and Rory. Like, how easy is it for you to watch TV and movies? Basically, I know that you have probably friends, people in the industry that you've worked with a thousand times, and you love and support them, and you always want to watch the stuff that they do, consume whatever they do. But I'm sure there's also people out there that you've worked with before or you've heard stories of before that the general public like us don't know about. Like, how easy is it for you to watch their movies and their TV shows, their comedy specials, and and turn off the part of your brain that's like, God, they're such a dick. <laughs> I'm great at separating that because I TV is my hobby. Like, I love watching TV. If I have free time, I'm so excited to watch TV. And uh, I'll watch—listen— I don't like their politics for the most part. And, uh, you know, but I will watch anything John Voight. I'll watch anything James Woods. I think they're fucking such exciting actors to watch, even though I'm not down with their politics. It's just, you know, we know everything about everyone now. And it's, you know, it's like you can't enjoy anything. But I find a way because I just I, I, I'm very good at getting lost in stories and, you know, and I know people who are actors or directors and they they can't watch TV and movies anymore because they just, they know that it's a camera and there's lights and there's this and, the, and it's like too dissected. It's like they, they know too much. I, I know all that stuff too. I mean, I'm in TV shows and movies sometimes, and, but I still get totally lost in the story. I'm lucky like that. But uh, there are so many actors that are fucking Looney Tunes, but they're brilliant vessels for art. And I don't know, you. there's a line eventually, you know, where you can't enjoy it, you know, sure, for all all people. It's, it's tough. I mean, I think you can—I can enjoy an artist that I suspect is an asshole. You're not marrying them. You're taking in art usually made by the work of, like, 200 people. So, I don't know. There's no way you'd like all of them personally. We're just at, we're at this place in history where, um, where, where we're made to feel like we have to love every part of someone to watch them on a TV show or a movie. I don't know. That's just, like, a really tall order. I mean— Obviously, I'm not talking about, like, rapists or something or people who hurt other people. Um, I mean, at the same time, I have to admit, crimes and misdemeanors is, like, in my top five. I don't know what to tell you. But that's the thing about art. It's it's not—it's yours. It's not theirs anymore. Once it's out, 
it's not the artist's, it's yours to infer and take in. I think. I mean, but then you might not want people to get your money who is, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a quandary. It's a quandary. But Crimes and Misdemeanors, ah, fuck, I just, I love what that movie means to me, and it's mine to take in and understand and interpret. I don't know. Maybe I just talk myself into a, into a little, a knot I'm not sure I can untie, but I feel terribly that I love, for instance, Rosemary's Baby. I loved the Cosby Show. You know, I was just looking at clips of the Cosby Show for something else. You know, I mean, Lisa Bonet... I've never seen someone act like that. I've never seen a performer be that real on a sitcom. But all that work is just kind of, it's ruined now because it stars a serial rapist. But it's, uh, you know, it's like Michael Jackson's music. It's very, it's hard to, you know, I love movies produced by Miramax, which is Harvey Weinstein. It's everything's ruined. Everything is ruined. I don't know how to handle it. You know, all these things that before we knew about the monsters that made them, uh, it, it was good. Does the art stand alone? I don't know. I suppose yes in some ways, yes, but in, in that we take it in and then it becomes ours. But also no, because that's what art is and, and that's what art is. You know, it's like the same piece of art changes as the world changes, as your life changes, that's why you can look at the same piece of art every day and it's different. That's the whole thing about art. So, yeah, like Cosby Show when I was 10 is different than Cosby Show when I was 20 is different than Cosby Show now, For <laughs> certainly. All very interesting. No black and white answer. There you go. What else? Hi, Sarah. So the other day in the lunchroom, my coworkers and I we're doing a would you rather scenario. And one of the scenarios I came up with was, would you rather be 10 years younger or a million dollars richer? Personally, there are days I would choose the million dollars, but more often than not, I would choose the 10 years younger, even though I don't feel like I have that many regrets. So I was wondering which you would choose, how you would choose. All right. Have a good day. Take care. I don't know. I would say 10 years younger, but only if I still have all my experiences and my life, just how it's happened and everything the same. I just happened to be 42 instead of 52. I don't know. It seems like there would be some butterfly effect that would not be good so I'm I'm scared to do either but but this isn't real so maybe I guess 10 years younger but if there were any caveats to that like any difference or I wouldn't have had certain experiences good or bad or whatever I would I'd just go million dollars because that always can help good question mm. here's some ads Support for Mike Birbiglia's Working It Out comes from Helix Sleep. Helix has been with this podcast from the very beginning. We are huge Helix mattress fans over here. Let me tell you a few things that are great about Helix Sleep mattresses. They are fiberglass free. 
Unlike other brands, Helix mattresses do not contain fiberglass, which can be harmful to your health. As you may have seen in the news or on social media, there have been a number of health issues and lawsuits related to fiberglass and mattresses. You know, actually, I used to, I used to have a mattress that was pure fiberglass. It was just, it was literally a bed of fiberglass. No longer. I sleep on Helix mattresses, which are fiberglass-free. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burbigs. That's helixsleep.com slash burbigs. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. No, now. Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. I was thrilled when they became an advertiser because we've used them for years. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time. Start a completely personalized website with the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint. You can sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses, or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, head to squarespace.com slash burbigs, B-I-R-B-I-G-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash burbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And we're back. Hi, Sarah. My name is Danielle. I'm calling because I need your advice on my current relationship. I've been dating a guy for about four months now, and we get along great. We have so much fun together. He's super funny and loving Um, but recently we've been having disagreements when it comes to like politics and the world around us and how we view things, which is really throwing me. Um, but I want to make it work despite these differing views. So I would love to know how we could do it. You're a pro at cutting through the tension, you know, between differing views. Um, I'm more, I lean to to the left, more democratic, just like you. He's more conservative and traditional. So I'm I'm just not sure how to navigate this. Um, I'd love to know your advice, anything that can help me uh, stay together and make this work with him because deep down, we really do want to be together. So thank you so much, Sarah. Love you. Oh, well, this can be tricky, but it is, it, it, it can be done. Um, you, you don't have to agree with everything with your partner. You don't have to agree on everything at all. Uh, that sounds boring, but politics are tricky. You, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to agree on how to communicate uh, about this kind of stuff, right? Okay, like, I, I don't know. The extent to which you differ politically, and this is something where, like, you know, with all challenges and all differences in a relationship, uh, you have to always make sure that the juice is worth the squeeze. You know, if, if uh, you know, sometimes with guys, they can be a little um, condescending about your beliefs and and what they believe is what is true. And so you have to make sure there's respect— if you can both 
listen, if you're able to hear each other out, uh, and again, like, you know, respect each other's uh, opinions while differing, great. But that has to be a constant or something that you remind each other of. Um, Maybe you make it a policy not to talk about politics at all. I know it's, you know, that may be impossible in this world. I don't know. Um, You know, with someone that you share a bed with to just not bring up major things that affect your lives and the the way you take in information. Um, You know, it's hard to do that with someone that with whom you share a bed and uh, exchange fluids and stuff with. But if you find yourself making yourself small or agreeing with him just to just for the to take the path of least resistance it's a problem that's going to eat at your insides and that is not a healthy way to exist it's just physically unhealthy um if he truly changes your mind about something or or vice versa great but um you don't do it to uh, make the fight go away or something. That's that's uh, a, a losing battle. That's that's um, and that happens to women a lot, or bottoms a lot. I guess <laughs> I don't know. It, it could be the other way around. And you know, what you could say is like, um, you know, every time you do like you you make a gesture of being more open minded, it makes my pussy wet. All right. Good luck. Hi, Sarah. It's John from Washington State. I used to think I was a huge fan of yours, but I just found out you had a podcast all these years. So um, (laughs) I guess I'm a bit of a poser. Anyway, I'm just wondering what books you're reading. Thanks. Oh, what books am I reading? I'm not as good a reader as people think I am, but I am reading a book right now um, that Chelsea Handler gave me, which she's the one who you want to ask what she's reading because she is the fastest, most comprehensive book reader I've ever met in my life. She must read like three books a week. But she gave me this book called Many Lives, Many Masters. Have you ever heard of that? Um, it's pretty interesting. It's it's uh, written by this like this psychiatrist who was a, uh, a real like by the book psychiatrist dude. And then he did like um, therapy hypnosis on one of his patients and she became another person from another time, like a past life. (laughs) And uh, everything he believed and didn't believe just like exploded. And um, it's, it's super interesting. You should follow Chelsea for book recommendations. She, she gives them on her Instagram a lot. And she, she just reads like no one I've ever met. She pounds books. She pounds them. I'm more of like a, uh, Articles and long reads and think pieces and and dog videos. I'm a I'm a very slow but very thorough reader. I will say, but very slow, labored but thorough reader. And uh, it's hard on my eyeballs. What's that kind of? Have you? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? There's this kind of typeface where they like bold the first few letters of of words in some specific way. Like, I saw that once, and all of a sudden I could read fast. It's kind of like our brains, you know, how you, we could, you can just see, like, part of a circle, and your, your brain will see the whole circle. 
and it just gets you to read faster. And I, I definitely have that kind of brain that it was really helpful for me, but I don't know where to find it. Bionic reading. Bionic reading? I've got to look into that because that really helps me. Bionic reading. Ah, bionic reading, yes. That's what I need to get. I need to figure out how to do that. I don't know if it's like a switch you put on, you know, something you click on and you can it's there or if you have to, I don't know. Anyway, bionic reading. That's not an answer to your question, but it's the answer to my question. All right, what else? Hey, what's up, Sarah? It's me, Keenan, from Wilmington, Delaware. Yes, the same Wilmington, Delaware that most people didn't think really exist until a certain person was legitimately elected. <laughs> anyway, I'm just wondering, Sarah, what's your advice for a person like me who is fairly new in the entertainment business and is hoping to get even further in their career? You've been in the business a long time, and you're one of the greatest, so I know you have a lot of great wisdom to depart. Anyway, I'm a huge fan, and the Sarah Silverman program was one of my favorite shows. So thanks, Sarah. Peace and blessings. Well, you've already done the first step. I mean, if you want to be in entertainment, you've got to move to Wilmington, Delaware. That's where it's all happening. I don't know, kid. Uh, All I know is there is no one way to do it. I, I, you know, I don't know what you do, but whatever it is, be obsessed with it. I mean, I don't know. Is that healthy advice? I don't know. But um, if it's a craft of some kind, you got to get your 10,000 hours in, you know, practice, work on it, perform. If you're a performer, wherever you can, whenever you can, write if you write. I don't know what you do, but uh, good luck. What else? Hi, Sarah. My name is Franco. I'm eight years old. And when I was about three or four years old, uh, my mom was scrolling through Instagram and she found a video of you singing a song. It went like, I'm in my night bra, my night bra. And I sing it. And when I was three or four years old, I was, I still sing it today. <laughs> Whenever my mom says I need to put on my bra, so I'm in my nut bra. Yeah, I just thought that was funny, and also my mom also has misophonia because she gets mad at my dad every time he slurps watermelon at the dinner. He's a grown forty-three-year-old man who slurps watermelon. Bye. <laughs> I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. First of all, so I I remember doing that, and it was maybe four years ago, which is crazy that that's half of your life. Um, But it was was 2020 because I was in the Airbnb I was um, staying in during the pandemic. I had gone to New York for a job that the world shut down, and I stayed because there were not planes to go on. And— I started wearing a night bra, and I still do. I have a great one. God, I've got to get find out what the brand is or whatever. It has no wires. It has no uh, anything. It just kind of holds my—anyway, uh, this you don't need to hear this. But anyway, um, that's so funny. I remember do, making that. I was just kind of lonely in my Airbnb room trying this night bra. And I guess I put it to a tune, 
But uh, boy, you just uh, what a treat to know that it has touched the hearts and minds of toddlers and now big kids. Um, what can I say? I improvise hooky ass songs. It's my thing. I'm so glad you called in and keep me abreast. Boo. Okay. And uh, you know, you're, you're, I get your mom getting mad at your dad with the noise, mouth noises, but it's not his fault she has a condition, but he, sh- it would be nice if he could understand and just remember because I know it's awful. You know, all I can do is just take myself out of the situation, but if you're at the dinner table, it's hard. So thanks for calling in, pal. Here's some ads. Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. I was thrilled when they became an advertiser because we've used them for years. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time. Start a completely personalized website with the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint. You can sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses, or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, head to squarespace.com slash burbigs, B-I-R-B-I-G-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash burbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Support for Working It Out comes from Viore. Viore is a clothing company that draws inspiration from the coastal California lifestyle. I was thrilled that they were willing to be a sponsor because I could just talk about how soft and comfortable their clothing is all the time. I mean, I'll read the stuff they told me to say. It's uh, It inspires others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it does that. But also, my experience is it's very, very comfortable. Viore offsets 100% of their carbon footprint. And since 2019, they've also offset 100% of their plastic footprint. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off. Ooh, that's good. Your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable, versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash burbigs. That's viore.com slash burbigs. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping. What? Free shipping on any U.S. orders over 75 bucks and free returns. That's viore.com slash burbigs. Discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And we're back. Hello, wonderful Sarah Silverman. Love you. Love your podcast. Um, Interesting one for you today, a topic I don't know if I've heard you discuss on your podcast before. Uh, Recently, my partner and I took a little trip uh, to Melbourne. We're from Sydney. Melbourne. And we decided to go to a couple of strip clubs, something we'd been talking about for a while. And we paid for some private dances and all of these ladies are just so stunning. Like, oh my God, we paid for the ones where you get to kind of like touch a little bit as well. And it was just so hot and We both really enjoyed it. There's total trust between us. And yeah, it was hot. The topic of a threesome has now been raised, uh, mainly by him. And, (laughs) you know, we're discussing ground rules and whether or not we want to do it and what would be okay. And the one thing I am struggling with is whether or not we would 
let him, because it would be a threesome with another girl, let him um, penetrate her. Or if it's just for us to have fun with, for her and I to pleasure him, he would, you know, make us both come probably. Like, you know, he loves going down on me a lot, so I'd be okay with him doing it to her. But for some reason, I just can't wrap my head around the idea that I don't know if I'm okay with the penetration part, but he is saying that it would just be sex. Would love to hear your thoughts. This is very interesting. You know, it, it, I'm really glad you're going over ground rules. I think that's def- probably the most important aspect of this because you have to have trust. You have to be both be on the same page. Uh, you know, it's a little bit different. This is, you know, I'm not an expert, but I would say it's a little different than going to a strip club and paying for a stripper to like, you know, whatever, because it's that's a business transaction. You know, there's there's a boundary kind of there. And with someone that you find on a Craigslist for a three way or I don't know, I don't know. I'm assuming you're going on Craigslist, but, you know, it's it's more of a. I guess, listen, maybe for him, penetration would just be sex like, but it does not sound like you feel that way and that if you feel deep connection with him when you have penetration-y sex, I can see you not enjoying equating connection with them, with, with him and the other woman, you know, so even if he says it's just sex, if you don't feel that way, then make that a ground rule. No penetration. I mean, what's he going to say? Oh, my girlfriend's so uptight. She only wants me to eat the stranger's pussy and let her blow me. I mean, give me a break. I think it's very fair that if you're not comfortable with him penetrating her, that's a ground rule. Cut it out. Don't, don't you know, don't do anything you both aren't totally on board with because if you do, you're inviting resentment into bed with you, you know? And you don't want to do that. So make some rules. Make sure you're comfortable with it all. And he is too. And have fun. <laughs> what else? Hey, Sarah. I want to get your thoughts on something. Uh, what do you think about the idea that only a certain percentage of people can really handle the fact that like the universe is so big and so old we evolved over millions of years and just the the craziness of that reality and that and the most other people just are too freaked out by that too scared of the immensity and maybe to expect otherwise of everybody as a whole is just setting yourself up for disappointment you think that's the case or you think one day everybody can kind of understand the wildness of the big truths? It's crazy. I mean, I, I was thinking about this the other day and it is, it's a lot. It makes your brain fucking explode. Like your life seems so big and Im- important and every little thing that matters to you doesn't matter at all. <laughs> you know, like it's like uh, we're just, we're nothing. Even in the span of our entire lifetimes is the tiniest blip that wouldn't even register in the in the scope of time. Even just in, in terms of Earth, our planet, you know? I mean, fucking that dinosaurs 
roamed the earth and ruled the earth and were so gigantic for millions of years, right? They ruled the earth. They were on the earth for millions of years. Dinosaurs, they don't even seem real. We don't think about them in terms of, and then this is all like when I had my, that big rant about our purpose, you know, because it's like, what was the purpose? What was their purpose? The dinosaurs, they thought their purpose was killing things and eating it or eating stuff, eating and fighting and living. And no, their purpose was to go extinct. And we think our purpose is to be a comedian or our purpose is to dominate the earth or our purpose is to, you know, whatever it is. No, none of it matters. We're creating machine, chat GPT. We're creating robots. And then we're going to go extinct. We're going to get ourselves killed because we're ruining the planet. And the planet's not going to die. We are. The planet lives through everything. It will get rid of its sickness, us, just like it always does. And then no one will remember us. It will just be machines. Is that true? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. You know, everyone has a purpose, like how squirrels hide their nuts because they think they're hoarding nuts so that they can eat nuts. We don't want your fucking acorns. They can't even find 80% of the nuts they hide. Why? Because their purpose is planting trees. Every entity on this earth, every microcosm, every, every single thing has a purpose serves a purpose greater than themselves and beyond the scope of self. I mean, I'm not positive about this. I'm shitting it out my asshole, but it seems to track. And as life goes on, it seems more and more. My dad would always say, everyone will be forgotten. I'll be forgotten. George Washington will be forgotten. Everyone will be, who's ever lived on the planet of all time will be not even a memory, will not have existed, no memory. I don't know why he found it comforting, but I kind of get it, you know? It's like, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. No, we're here on this earth, and then we're gone. So you better have one, number one agenda in this lifetime, your joy. And what you'll find is you might go, well, that's a very selfish way to live. No, it's not, because your joy will be more than just like eating candy or something. Your joy is long-term joy. Your joy is bringing happiness to others, caring for the ones you love. Your joy is, is way more varied than you would imagine. But as long as you are responsible for it, you will have the capacity for a, a pretty wonderful life. Did I answer that? Yeah, the immensity of the universe. I mean, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, it's just, we we know there's the earth. We know that there's the our moon. We know there's our solar system. We know there's our galaxy. Then we know there's millions of other galaxies beyond. And then the universe goes forever? How can that be possible? Well, how can it be impossible? Then what's beyond the universe? It's just too much for our little brains. And so we have things like religion and and science that that puts it in something more understandable for us, more bite-size. Stories, lore, 
That's how we survive. Believing that what we think is important in life means something. And then we die and then it's it's the same as before we were born. Or maybe not. Maybe our energy is has a consciousness. That's what I that's what I really want to learn about. Like what's the difference between our soul or our energy and our consciousness? Because I have comfort that energy cannot be destroyed or created or destroyed, right? But so we must still be out there in some way. But is there a consciousness? I don't know. And what is the difference? And where does consciousness go when we're unplugged? I don't know. All right. What else? What do we got? Hello, um, Sarah Silverman. My name is Tomlin. Um, I was just scrolling through Twitter and I saw, um, well, it was just really random. I was in a Twitter thread and then I saw your sister on it and then Laura, I think. Yeah. Um, so I clicked on her profile and I saw her pinned a tweet is, is a, um, a video of you and her singing a country song. And I, I just, I, I just wondered what the story behind that is. I mean, I know she explains it, but I don't know. It's just interesting. <laughs> yeah, her explanation's hilarious. Uh, you know, um, I write songs or I'll write funny songs, but really Laura is an awesome songwriter and I always love her songs. If you remember back at the Sarah Silverman program, she wrote a song. I don't know what it we titled it, but we basically called it Whatever Happened to the White Dog Poo from the 70s. And I remember she sang it to me. We went, we were walking my dog and she sang it to me. And I was like, oh my God, it's so funny and so beautiful. So we, we sang it in a episode, I think called Duty of the Sarah Silverman program. But I love her songs. I love when she writes. And one time she just wrote, she'll just wake up in the morning and write a song. And then for a while she would sing it to me and send it in a text. And it was like my joy, my daily joy. And um, she wrote a country song. We both love country, good country, of which there is. And she wrote a country song and it was beautiful. That's what she does. It's beautiful and hilarious. And we like to harmonize. So she she wrote this country song and she sang it. And then... um, we got asked to sing it on uh, Live From Here, which is, it kind of took over Prairie Home Companion, but I love listening to it because it's all my favorite kind of music. It's it's Chris Thiele from Nickel Creek and like Sarah and Sean Watkins from the Watkins Family Hour and, and just like, just the greatest singer-songwriters, like that kind of, that's my zone that I love, that kind of uh, folk rock, country, Americana vibe. But they have comics on sometimes. And so they, they, I went on and and Laura and I sang her song and it was awesome. It was so fun. And you just go in, you have just a very short time to, to rehearse and they've got just the greatest band and they learned it. And it was like so cool. And uh, we come out and I, It's funny. So check it out. If you Google like live from here, Sarah Silverman, Laura Silverman, 
you'll find it. And uh, it was great. And the song is so good. And God, yeah, that was that was a blast. Oh, and the song was called uh, Dislocated Heart. <laughs> Check it out. Dad, we are winding down. This is the part of the podcast when I say, send me your questions. Go to speakpipe.com slash the Sarah Silverman podcast. That's speakpipe.com slash the Sarah Silverman podcast. Right now, I'm hoping you will call in with holiday questions for me. Is seeing your family filling you with anxiety and stress? Are you uh, dreading the holidays because you've lost a loved one recently like me? Do you have a killer recipe you want to share with me? Do you have great tricks on how to avoid uh, holiday traffic? Let me know what's on your mind, and I will answer them in the episode that comes out on Thanksgiving Day. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And there's more of the Sarah Silverman podcast with Lemonada Premium. La-di-da. Subscribers get exclusive access to bonus content like extra questions asked by you and answered by yours truly. Subscribe now in Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Sarah Silverman Podcast. We are a production of Laminata Media. Catherine Barnes and Chrissy Pease produce our show. Our mix is by James Sparber. Additional Laminata support from Steve Nelson, Stephanie Whittles-Wax, and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our theme was composed by Ben Folds, and you can find me at Sarah Kate Silverman on Instagram. Follow the Sarah Silverman Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or listen ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership. 